good morning. Welcome to the uh, Sunday morning services. Almost at the Jesse Lee Peterson radio show. But welcome to the Sunday morning services. I am Jesse Peterson. You can get involved with today's topic by calling 800-411-BOND, 800-411-2663. You can also email us, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name and town, name and town, your email. And good morning again to everybody here. Thank you guys for showing up. I, I do appreciate it. Um, before I get rolling into my subject matter, last Sunday I asked you guys to think about something. And I almost forgot what it was. What was it? What does hard work do for you? Oh, yeah, what does hard work do for you? Hmm. Have you ever thought about that? I know a lot of lazy folks. But I wonder one day, what does hard work do for you? Who thought about that? You did? What did you come up with? Okay. Uh, there was, a, uh, there was a, uh, a salesman who gave me a card that had said, said that um, sports, do, uh, sports do not build character, it reveals it. And that's the way I see, see work as. It doesn't build character, it reveals what kind of character you are and what kind of character you have to be in order to work hard. Interesting. Anybody else thought about it? What did he come up with? I think about it all the time, so I don't want to pretend I heard it last weekend. But yeah, i got to tell you something. Every time I think of not showing up here, you always come up with a question that's on my mind. Oh, Every yeah. time. Well, God so, wants us to think on I these so. things. <laughs> <I guess> so. <laughs> he said, don't worry about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, just where you're going to sleep. Just show up at church. No. That's right. And think <laughs> on these things so, and he'll provide. My problem with it is that I, I use it as my drug of choice. Really? Yeah. yeah. It solves all my problems. First of all, it's free. You don't spend any money when you're at the office. You know, and, yeah. so, you know, and, you, and, and it just occupies everything about me. My work, my, you know, my emotions, my mind, my, my thoughts, everything. So uh, that's my problem with it. And it, my life gets out of balance because of that. Yes. You know some of the issues. Yes. Very good point, man. Did you think about it, Patrick? I did. Well, what, did what did you come up with? Lots of it. <laughs> Well, to know what hard work does for you, you'd have to do some. And uh, I don't know if I qualify as an expert in that area. You're not a hard worker? I work hard at what I do. Yeah. But, you know, I also think when I think of hard work, I kind of also think of the original biblical definition, work by the sweat of your brow, real, you know, work, get out in the field, do something like that. Right. And so I don't really qualify too well in that area. And that's the area I kind of think about hard work being a beneficial for people. I think it seems to be the most beneficial kind of work. Okay, so because you're not a hard worker, you don't know what it... I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, I can't testify on this one. Cause did I, you know you didn't know before I brought the question up? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. Oh, okay. Yes, ma'am. I was going to say that in the Bible it states, God despises the lazy man. Oh, it does. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> I hate lazy people. <laughs> There's nothing worse than a lazy man. I used to hear my grandparents say that. There's nothing worse. They would say, look at that old trifling lazy man. And I know what they mean now. <laughs> but so what does it do for you? What does it do for me? Um, it makes me, um, <clears throat> I'm determined to have a goal. Um, I'm a very hard worker. Um, 
know, you put me on the spot there. Uh, what does it do for me? Um, it makes me feel good. I help others. I work with seniors. And at the end of the day, um, I know I've made a change in somebody's life. Yeah. Um, it takes me out of myself and um, by helping other people. It, it makes me forget about my problems. Um, you know, the one, the one thing that I, I, I uh, realize that we don't have to do that a lot of people do, uh, especially men and women who are married, I think they spend too much time working. You know, they spend hours, as Ed was saying, they spend hours and hours at the office when it's really not necessary to do that. You can work hard without destroying your family. You know, I hear a lot of kids say, well, my father wasn't around. He was at work all the time, you know. And, and a lot of people are using work to escape. And, and in return, their families are suffering. God never intended for it to be that way. And the reason that they're doing it because they're blind and can't see. You know, they don't, they're not in that, for lack of a better word, they're not worse. They're not in that zone that allow you to do everything decently and in order. And, and, and so that's why, that's another reason I can think of a whole lot of reasons, but then that's another reason that you should be born again. It put you in a, on a straight and narrow path that you would live life differently than you live when you're not on that path. You know, because when you're not on that path, you're trying to figure out everything yourself, and all you're doing is, all you're doing is creating problems for yourself and your family. And I realize that people don't, they're not on that path, so they think they have to work all those hours to make it, and it's really not true. When you're on the right path, you have time to waste. You really do, and you get a lot done, and you still have time to waste. It's amazing how that is, but a lot of people don't recognize that. And that's why we gotta get you on this straight and narrow path so you can live this peaceful life. It's a beautiful way of living. I actually was just working like 46 hours a week, and I came down with a physical problem. Yeah. And I'm only working 34 hours now, and my neighbor, put it in my heart, he's a Christian man, and he said, um, you know, um, God, God doesn't, he didn't put me in a position to have pain, but he put me in a position now where 34 hours I can pay my bills and That's right. I have much more peace. Yeah. Um, so sometimes he does, the, you know, does things for, it might harm us, but it's for our own good to stop and say, wait a minute, I'm pushing too, you know, too hard. And yet I don't need to. The one thing I want to tell you about God is that God never put you in a position that would bring harm to you. I put myself. You, yeah, it's your disconnection from him. Right. It's the fact that you're walking in darkness. That's right. you, you put yourself in there, in the darkness, you, you put yourself in that condition. God does, he wants us to be enlightened. He wants us to see what's going on. He doesn't want us to operate in darkness. And so a lot of people blame him for those types of things. But that's not his doing at all. He is the light, and the prince of darkness is the darkness. He's the one that's trying to deceive you. That's why we have to, you know, serve the right one. Um, anybody else thought about this that was here last week? Yes, Kelly. I wasn't here last week, but I thought a lot about it. Um, I noticed that a lot of times how I feel about myself is connected to how I think I'm doing in my work. Yeah. And yep. for me, I mean, you know, my situation growing up and being overly driven um, in high school and college and practically driving myself crazy with, um, you know, ambition for grades. Yeah. Um, 
but I did realize in college that I didn't have to work so hard. Um, and I started working smarter and realizing yep. that my resentment was like blinding me and making me think that I had to do all this, like do it in a certain order or do it, you know, this part of it more completely. And, um, and sometimes, and I'm not over that. Like, you know, I still work in the, you know, not that efficiently sometimes, but I notice, I, I know that it shouldn't be that my sense of self-worth is tied to how hard I think I'm working or Absolutely. how well I think I'm doing, but I see that it is um, tied to it. Absolutely. I know so many kids who are suffering like that. I remember when your brother was going through, uh, to, uh, when he was at Princeton, I mean, he was just really into studying. He didn't do anything for the most part but study. And then when it was time for a test, he still felt it just wasn't enough. He wasn't, you know, he could barely sleep prior to the test because he felt it wasn't enough. His whole identity was tied to that. And that kind of stuff drives you insane. And it's unfortunate that parents are doing that to their children but they can't help it. That's all they see to do. But it's really unfortunate because it can be done in a way where you're not traumatized from it, but they just don't know how to do it. And that's why I'm telling you, we got to overcome this anger so that you can see how to live. You can see the right way to do it. And most people cannot see, and that's a problem. Y yes, sir. Are you, so are you overcoming that, Kelly? Yeah, well, I notice, I notice it. Yeah. Um, you know, and I'm in a different position now. I'm no longer on the tennis team at Princeton, and you know, so I have more time to look look at it. But I think it's still an issue for me. Yeah. Yes, sir. I worked hard all my life. As a matter of fact, I was a workaholic for the most part of my life. What drove me to be that way is because inferiority. That is the way I try to get recognized. Yes and overcome that inferiority that I felt that I had as a child, as a matter of fact. Came right out of my childhood. And my, early in my life, uh, I, I wasn't successful at all. I, I did very poorly, and uh, I craved the recognition of the people around me. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be, you know, and that's what drove me to work like an idiot. I'm sorry to say, yeah, that's really. I, mean, I was a workaholic like nobody else. Well, hardly nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> and did you, uh, once you succeeded as far as building a business and finance, were you accepted by people then? Did you feel accepted? Uh, well, I mean, I became successful, you know, and uh, yeah, that's why. You felt accepted, accepted, yes. accepted by people. I mean, uh, not, not to, I don't know about me as a person, but more so what I did. Right. But the success, That's a good point. The success that I able, was able to achieve, that is really what caused them. It wasn't necessarily me, I don't think. Yeah. They didn't really care that much about you, just the success, the money and stuff that you had. That's right. That's a very good point. Yeah. Very good point. Isn't this amazing? The one thing I noticed about work, you know, a lot of people say, oh, work hard, work hard. And you should work. I'm, I'm not saying don't work. You hear that, right? You got to work. If you don't work, you don't eat. Christ said that. But it doesn't, work doesn't build character. It really doesn't. But as this young man said, it reveals the character that you have or don't have. It really doesn't build character. It makes you, it keeps you away from the government. 
You know, it, it, it creates an independence, but it doesn't build character because some of the worst of the worst low-life people are hard workers. I mean, the average person that believes in abortion, for example, is a hard worker. They get out there, go to work, they spend hours working. You know what I mean? But they're not men and women of character. And so I don't want you to get that confused that if I go to work and work hard, I'm going to be a character. You're not. Anybody disagree with that statement? I need a disagreement first. You disagree? Not you. You can't talk. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. Why do you disagree? Well, I understand what you're saying about adults. I can't picture that in the world of kids and things like that. Right. You're you're accepting that, right? Accepting kids and training a kid to work and things like that instead of being a lazy bum. No, I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm telling you, teach your kids to work. We have to work. We're supposed to work. Otherwise, we're all going to be on the government. All right? So So I'm not saying don't do it, but I want you to have the right perspective of it. Right, but it does build character in a, in, a, in a kid or something like that. It wouldn't you say it builds their character to be working and uh, the hard the stuff they have to do that's hard to kind of make them have to overcome the weaknesses in them. That is character. Anybody agree with that, Della? Come on, you here? You got to talk. I don't agree, but I want to comment. Yes, I, I think in my own experience of raising children, giving them responsibility and jobs and making them work did more for their self-esteem and their value to the family and their importance of being part of the successful family yes more valuable to them if you want to call that character you can but i think it it taught them more about their own value as i agree being important in the family you know as i hear your voice i had a different impression of what you look like I've gained a few pounds. <laughs> but you're not, though. I thought you would be like a short, big lady. You know? I didn't know you were so tall and beautiful. <laughs> you, you turned out to be a... I, I had no idea. <laughs> it's funny how the voice makes a person look different, huh? But you're right about that. But what you're missing, uh, you should teach them to work. You know what I mean? But it doesn't build character. It does... It builds self-esteem because you don't have to rely on people. You, you, you have the confidence that you can take care of yourself and all that. But it, not, it does not build the character that it takes to live. You need to define character then because I have a different view then of what it is. Right. Yes, sir. All that teaching a little kid to work does for a kid, much like she said. See, kids are like real prideful. So they need to know how far they can go in life. And it discipline them. Right. And it, it does teach them how to work, that's for sure. But and all the things my dad did to teach me about baseball, I, it didn't do anything for my character. It just taught me to do it a certain way. And you, as you grow through it, as you grow, you kind of learn how to do it a little better. And, and, and really, that's what I was living off of, to be honest with you. Yeah. So... I think all kids are that way. Kelly just gave a good example. She, she was taught to work hard while growing up, right, Kelly? Yeah. Do work hard for school and do the right thing, but she had this anger from all that teaching, all that stress. And that, that's not character, to have that kind of anger. But, yes, yeah, she knows how to work hard, to be, you know, self-reliant. And I'm, I'm having this conversation because I want, you to, I want you to have a renewed mind about spirituality, and, and know the difference between the world's way and God's way. Can you uh, 
pinpoint character a little bit because I, I think I of character as more than just not having anger. I think of it as having certain uh, attributes that kind of get you through life. But I could be off, but that's the way I view right. character. Yeah, I understand. I appreciate that too. Because I saw it in a different manner too. I've always worked. All my life I had to work. Work the cotton fields. Anybody ever pick cotton? You have not lived until you go to the cotton field. <laughs> go up to Bakersfield, spend a day in the cotton field. <laughs> so I was taught to work. But as I got older, I lost my way as far as character was concerned after a while. But still, I would work, you know? I said, yes, yes, sir. Yeah. With the right attitude, uh, work can build character. With the right attitude, you, it, discipline, Perseverance, you want to do the best that you can. These are, th th these are really means by which your character can develop. I just love this conversation. But there's something else I want to share with you. We're going to end it in a minute. Uh, yes, sir. John said it a minute ago, really what his, all his hard work did. Yeah. And it, he, what he said was he did it so that he could look a certain way and... and and that's the way kids think. When I was a kid, because I had a little bit of athletic ability, as I got better, people looked at me a little differently. And that's what I was going for more than anything, to be, yeah. with, to be the best little baseball player on the team or whatever. And kid, that's the way kids think, especially boys. Had you thought about this before today or this week? I thought about it this week, but... Yeah, but not prior but, to this um, week, huh? You know, I kind of did think about it a lot. I always thought, you know, the one thing that... One, one of the things that my dad did teach me was how to work, but I, I don't know if I ever thought any deeper than that. Yeah. Yes, That's because we're looking yeah, for I, acceptance I, from the uh, world. Yeah, I, I, you know, in my life, I character, work ethic is a character. It's a good one. But it didn't build my moral character. That's right. I, you know, yep. the uh, that big house, the, the cars, the, the income, all the rest. But my moral character, I was deprived morally. Yes, sir. And at a time in my life. So now I spend more time with my children. I understand, uh, you know, that, that there's more important than just that work ethic. I have that work ethic, but there are more important things than that because there's no doubt I can't, just by me working hard in numerous hours, they don't account for the moral character that I have to get, receive somewhere else. That's right. And that's the, you know, that's the... You can work until the cows come home. Yeah. <laughs> right. And if you don't have, and get the big house and have everything, and you still feel like you have nothing. That's right. Nothing, because it did not build character. Yeah, right. empty inside. It just kept you away from the government. <laughs> <laughs> That's all it did. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Uh, let me take Forrest and then I come. Yes, Forrest, you had your hand. Well, uh, how does, uh, when a person is young, that's the season of their life where they build up their pride. Uh, and um, how does pride fit into the picture then? I mean, you've got to have, that's what, if you don't have any pride when you're young, you've got a problem. So as you get older, the idea is to, is to whittle away your pride, but when right. you're young, you've got to be prideful about school. And it's okay to have it when you're young, too. As a matter of fact, you need to have it when you're young because that, it does drive you. But when you become of age, that's when you start to drop it and go the right way. What but, age? but uh, what age do you drop your pride? When you become an adult, well, uh, when you become 
when you when you're able to I'm sorry what, what age when you're able to uh, know right from wrong yourself you know what I'm saying when you're able to live your own life you don't need your parents anymore you're out there on your own now doing your thing you know you start to see the right and wrong and things then you start to overcome lay that down when you start to you when you pay attention to yourself get to know yourself because a lot of people don't know themselves and when we become adults that's when we start to try to know ourselves so we can overcome all the negative stuff that we've brought along with us through our youth when i was a child i thought as a child now i'm an adult i think as a man it, at some point in life you start to try to figure life out you know to overcome the negative now whatever that is some do it earlier than others in life you know what i'm saying and some people never do it but isn't it, as a small child, isn't it all about being accepted? And if you're not accepted, um, well, as that's a why child. I say it's, it's okay for kids to have that, as far as mentioned, the pride. And because they are motivated by that, they need that. Yeah. But after a while, you don't need that kind of pride right. to motivate you. You operate from pure love, real love, as an adult. That's why you, you're supposed to seek God for yourself when you become an adult so you can get on the right track. So I don't want to put an age on it. Some people mature faster than others. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if you need pride as a child either. I mean, if you're, if you're accepted as a loving, into a loving family and you have Jesus in your life, as young as that, well, you know, because as you get older, you need to squash your pride. You need to get rid of it. Well, what happens is, know. by example, as a parent, by example, you show your kids how to love, how to be honest, how to be right. fair, how to work. Right. But then when they become of age, they have to develop um, from that point on in their own way. But you can't, you can't kill their pride. You can't take that away from them because it'll, it'll destroy them. You can encourage them. They wouldn't know how to handle that after a while. Right. But they're not old enough and mature enough to handle that. But I'm talking about adults for the most part and their relationship with work. All right. Yes, sir. Um, I, I like... Oh, hold your thought. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, um, He's the first time visitor, sir. No. You be quiet. <laughs> I was going to say, it seems like a lot of people are doing work for, for their self. Yeah. When the Bible talks about doing work in the honor of God. Yeah, that's right. And in further scripture, it says it's easier for the camel to fit through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. Yeah. So when you're doing this hard work, you got to make sure you're not doing it for the cars, the money, the girls, the houses. You're doing it in honor of something bigger and greater than you. You're absolutely right. That is why you, you need a new nature so you can see how to do it that way. So you can live from a different source. And the problem is most people are not, they're not born again. They don't have a brand new nature. They're still operating off that prideful nature, which is of the devil. And it just is so destructive. Even when they work, it's all about self. It's for the wrong reason. You heard some of the reasons this morning. It's all for the wrong reason. But there is a way to work, and it can be for the right reason and with the right spirit. And that's what you need, a brand new spirit. So you can do all things in the right way. Yes, Pat? You look crazy at me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well... Let me just, I mean, uh, okay, when I was a kid, uh, I was spoiled 
in a certain way, was not made to work in the right way as I should have been. And that carried through, you know, my young life. I never really worked hard enough or really, you know, developed enough to, you know, make a lot of money, do really well in work. So it seems like in my later adult life, I always kind of wanted that. I wanted to be able to work hard. I wanted to be able to make the money and be able to take care of myself well. I also like the, I hate to say the word, but character attributes that you can get, seemingly get out of work, because you, you're doing stuff on a regular basis. You're learning a lot of stuff. You're developing. To me, there's a lot of development that, that has happened to me in my work world. But I also see that maybe I haven't gotten to the level, let's say you started at an early age, you know, milking the cows before school, whatever the case may be. Don't put it down, buddy. <laughs> well, you know, way back then, that's what they used to do. Yeah, way back then. <laughs> but the point is, <laughs> when people, I think, in a way, what you're saying, like, when you've kind of done something all the way, and you kind of figure out that I've done this now all the way, but it doesn't really give me what I wanted it to give me, I don't think I feel like I've reached that yet. In other words, I feel like I'm still running after something that I think is a real goal. And in the work world, it's, pro it's probably off. Yeah, it is off. I, and I haven't like gotten to the point of, like, okay, I've done this all the way. It doesn't work yet. I feel like I'm still running up the ladder well, after something. You will forever be doing that because you're chasing the wrong thing. And there's no end to that destruction. It will never let you be satisfied. How do you um, enjoy the, because um, I love a lot of things about work, and a lot of them are negative, like, like Ed had talked about. But there's a lot of things I really love about work, and I think that there are good in the work. Yeah. And I guess the question is, how do you, because I love a lot of things there that I think are okay to love, <laughs> you know, in the work experience. Yeah. Maybe how do you know the difference, I suppose, between the loving of the work for its own sake versus the point where you go into using it for something else, let's say. Good question. Did you, you have your hand, you want to answer that? Yeah, I, um, it, the point is that the work reveals your character. So if you're aware, if you're impatient, you see your impatience. If you are manipulative, you, you get a chance to use it and you find out what happens. Uh, if you are uh, whatever negative, if you're an angry person, you begin to see that. And so if you can maintain your awareness, uh, your work environment gives you the feedback to understand what your character is. So you can begin to see the results of that. If you work too hard, <laughs> you know, when your hair starts turning a little gray, some things don't work like they used to, right? And you start beginning to understand that effect on who you are, uh, you know. There's all kinds of people that work with heart and other problems. So uh, it, it's, it, the point is it does reveal who you are. Stay aware of that, and you'll, you'll kind of auto-correct. Yeah. I, I guess that, that yeah. so it is aware, it is given to you to see if you want to see it. You, and, and, and just to add, you've got to overcome your resentment for work or not having work or mm. not being taught or not feeling that you are good enough in work, not feeling like you're doing your best. You're judging yourself in working, so it's never enough for you because you're trying to really get past this judgment that you have upon yourself by working and working and working and working, thinking somehow or another that's going to make you feel better about your work, and it won't. You've got to let resentment go for that. But, but there's another part of it, which is 
right or wrongly, you know, Donald Trump uh, works and he loves what he does. Now, he may be overboard, you know, we can talk about that, but there is a enjoyment, just like a violinist loves to play the violin right. or somebody. So there's a point of my work that is enjoyment of natural to me. Right. You know, but it doesn't build character. Donald Trump doesn't appear to have character. He's been married 80 times, right? <laughs> I mean, kids are all nutty. Okay, well, I don't know. Maybe I'm divorcing it for the moment from talking about the character aspect. I know that's what you were kind of focusing in. Yes. Because there's a part of it that's just, you know, you should love what you do. Like, to me, I mean, you do something that you love. You shouldn't hate your job or resent your job. You should you love what you right. do. Right. Um, in, in short, I love my work. What I do, I was created to do. I was created to do what I do. I do it. It's so easy to do, too, because I was created to do it. But character came first before the work did in what I do now. And, and character, the only way that you can build character is when you learn how to love your enemy, when you stop hating, when you stop resenting, when you have no resentment in your heart at all, you're going to enter into a different personality or attitude, you know, the kingdom of heaven within. And then from there, loving your neighbors and treating people right and being honest and fair, and that's what builds character, not work. And it's coming from the source that gives that. It comes straight from God because you're operating from his nature. And that's what builds the character, not the work itself. Work is not, hear me out, though. work is not bad. You should work. You better work. You ought to be working. All that. You understand that? But it doesn't build character. I don't, because a lot of people working, I mean, just hours and hours and hours and hours, and they're not building character. They think, wow, this is going to make me something, and it's not going to make you anything. Right. You can have all the money. You can be popular. You can be whatever. But if you don't have love, you have nothing. You absolutely have nothing. You have no character. Can you say what character is? Well, I mean, I, you, you ever the listen? ability to love your enemy. When you can love your enemy and don't hate, then you have character. Because that's the nature of God. So character means you're building God's character. Yeah, right? You're living off his character. A, yes. You're kind of building yeah. means you're getting more of that. Uh, his identity, I guess. You yes, sir. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. You're getting his identity and living from that. Nothing from the outer side. Everything's from the inside, from him. That's what builds character. Hmm. You can speak in tongues. You can lay hands on folks. You can whatever. But if you don't have love, you have no character. And that's the truth. And, and I'm telling you this because I'm talking to a lot of people, their mindset is messed up. And that's why God said we need to renew our minds from within. And everything we think is right is wrong. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways are not our ways. He doesn't want you living from without. He wants you to live from within. He wants you to walk by the light. And then you should see things differently. And life is easy then. That makes sense? Yeah. Character as it's been taught. It's been wrong. Yeah, it had it has a uh, 
what's the word? It, it sounds like a moral basis behind it. But yet the way you're kind of describing it, it is a worldly way of looking at things. Yeah. Because this is a different way of looking at character that is different than what I have heard of or known, you know, so far. Yeah. And, and you have all kinds of examples out there that it doesn't build character, it doesn't work. I mean, I love what Kelly just said. Kelly, I, I've known Kelly since knee-high. And, and I know she wants what's right. I know she loves to do what's right. And her family want to do what's right. And they taught their kids how to work hard. But they still have these other issues because the love, the real love, wasn't there. And that's where the problem is when you're raising kids without love. You can do all you can for them, but if you don't have that real love, they end up messed up anyway. You wonder, what went wrong? You know, I did my best. I taught them to work. I did this and did that, but yet they're angry at me. You know, they, they're, they're sleeping around and not married and all that kind of stuff. What went wrong? What went wrong that the parents are not raising their children with real love? But if, you would, if they would have taught the kids to work and do those things and succeed without the pressure, it would have been much better. Right, but it's still, if you don't have that real love, they would still have issues. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. They would still have those what issues. Matters. Because only God can give that. He works through us so that we can pass it on to the next generation. And generation, generation, generation. But real love also would teach the skills as In the right way. As needed. And that, because yes, if you don't right. teach the skills, you're not teaching the independence that, that is necessary. No, but real love... Real, you know, real love will teach you all that you need to know to survive in life. I mean, God has real love for us. I'm a dummy. You know that, right? Everybody know that. I am. I barely finished high school because of the way I was brought up. But he gave me real love. And all my needs are met. I work hard. I like my work. I love my work. But my character is first. And that is God in everything that I do. It's like everything that I need is coming from that. And the little energy I put out almost don't mean anything. Because everything that I am and everything I need, it's like it's so easy to get. He just make it happen because of the love. The character is first. But the mindset and the way we've been taught, it's been all switched around and everybody's stretched out all in the name of Jesus. <laughs> And that's not, God is different than the, the Prince of Darkness. And I want the Christians to realize it so that they can, they know that they need something else. It's not working. They know something's wrong with the mindset. You know, we need a renewed mind. We need to be retaught or lay down all we think that we know. That makes sense? Yeah, it does. Is, is it, you see it a little differently now? Yeah, I, I don't think I have a whole thing, but I, I had an understanding. I just had a flash of certain things that I do that things are not falling in place the way they should be. Because yeah. I do work hard in, in my way, but I notice that I don't have the time that I should. Yeah. I'm spending too much time on work, too much time on certain things. Because it's too Im it, you're trying to get a sense of identity from it. You're trying to get something from it that you're never going to get. What you're missing is not the inability to work. It's your lack of love. You're missing perfect peace. And God wants you to have perfect peace. Let me just add, anybody disagree or don't quite agree with what I'm saying here? If so, I want to make it clear. And you can call in at 800-411-BOND. 
I mean, I, I want to be clear because I want you to have a renewed mind. Christ came so that we should have perfect peace. He doesn't want us to be afraid. He doesn't want us to have to worry, have doubt and fear, be sick and out of it and diseases and all that kind of stuff. And then say, you know him. It doesn't make sense. So it has to be something wrong somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? Let me take this young lady, Pat. Yes, ma'am. Um, until I found um, Jesus Christ, I was always searching for something, you know, whether it be running to a mall. Yeah. Uh, you know, and then being disappointed, uh, um, running here, running there, doing this, doing that. And, it, and it, um, as long as I put God in my life first every day, I can find that inner peace. But I have, I have to work hard at doing that. It doesn't come easy, you know. To put him first? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I mean, as far as, you know, I listen to a lot of Christian music. I, I read the Bible. I <coughs> attend church services. Uh, but you have to put him first. Okay. I know what you mean. I've done that, been there, done that. It doesn't work. You cannot work at putting God in your life and he get in your life. It doesn't work like that. The more you let go, the more you will become aware of him. As long as you're putting your energy into it, because it's a spiritual thing, and there's nothing of ourself that we can do. So it's foolish to think that just going to church and read the Bible, listen to a Christian music and... You know, all that stuff going to work is not going to work. What you got to do is pay attention to yourself so that you can overcome your anger. Because that anger is what keeping you separated from God. That's the thing that stands between you and God is your resentment. And if you can drop that resentment, you instantly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And then he's there. I mean, you, you can't work at finding God. Of yourself, you can do nothing. So you got to let your anger go. You got to forgive. That's what's bringing all this insecurity upon you, making you look in all the wrong places, is that you have not forgiven. You got to drop your anger. You got to stop judging yourself and others. Because that is of the devil. That is ego playing God. That's what's holding you back. That's the only thing that's holding you back is your unwillingness to forgive. Does that make sense at all? Mm -hmm. Yeah, you got to drop that. Like unwillingness to totally surrender, right? Well, you, you have refused to surrender and take the pain of, of judging people. You know, when, you know how sometimes when you slow down in life, all of a sudden you feel like nothing, you don't feel important, yeah. you feel insecure, you have a lot of doubt, and, and then now you got to call up somebody so you can feel better <laughs> or go to the mall. You know, I used to do that. I, when I was like that, I would be home by myself and I would feel like nothing. You know, just feel nothing. I would call people that I didn't even like. You know, long distance calls. I'm wondering, why in the world did I call that person, you know? I don't even like that person. But it was a form of escaping. I needed to forget this feeling that I had. You need to surrender to that. You need to feel that pain of the guilt that you have from judging. And when you can feel that, your inner self will cry out to God, and he will save you from it, and you'll be free. But you're running from it instead of running toward it. You got to get rid of your anger. You got to overcome it. You can't have any anger inside of you at all and have peace because it's not God's nature. You got to let it all go. And then you have peace. And some people don't believe that you can have, uh, you can live a life with no anger. 
I'm a witness. You can live a life with no anger. You can't, don't try to control it. You cannot control anger because it is the spirit of the devil. It's a, it's a sin that's made a home inside of you. Isn't it's it a, all of your emotions too? It <clears throat> all connected all to that. Well, when you let go of that anger, all that stuff will fade away. Uh-huh. When you let go of that anger, the doubt, the fears, the insecurities, the emptiness, the whatever you have will absolutely fade away. So you have to start with anger first. You got to. You have to. Because anger, God cannot dwell in you with that anger. Because your father is the devil. He controls you. He makes you do the things that you don't want to do. You got to forgive. And most of the time, not all the time, but 99.9999.9, but not all the time, 0.999% of the time, it starts with parents first. That's right. It starts with parents first. 99.9999% of the time. And then on top of that, 89.9% of the time, it's a Christian parent. And that's what's so sad about this. Men and women reading the Bible, going to church, lifting up holy hands, paying their dues, and they are cursing their kids out, impatient with their kids, marriages are not working, sick and out of it, broke, all in the name of Jesus. And they don't say, well, something must be wrong with me. Let me get to know myself. What am I doing wrong here? You know, they are excuse it away. And they'll keep reaching out thinking something else is going to make it better. And it's not going to work. Anybody disagree with that? Isn't this like good news? Yes, it is. To me, it is. Uh, yes, sir. I've noticed that anger hides behind things. It'll hide behind, you know, fear, yeah. and, uh, desires, and, and uh, um, things like that. Well, it's not hiding behind it. See, anger is the tree, and then the vines, the, the, the limbs on the tree is uh, fear, doubt, worry, insecurity, overworking, all that kind of stuff. A lot of times, I don't see the anger. I'll see those things, but not the anger. And so your recommendation is to... To get to know yourself. To go toward those... Like, say if you just feel um, uh, a desire, just to um, let that go to see what's behind it. Is that, that, that's what you're saying? To let what go? A desire or, or, or some kind of um, fear, you know, to... All I ask you to do is simply start watching yourself. And you'll see what is motivating you. And then be honest about it. Because a lot of people watch themselves, but they deny or they blame. And that's why they, they never get over it. You just need to become aware of self. Oh, you mean where you'll believe the explanation that comes to you about what you're feeling? It, yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Exactly. The lady in the... What do you think about all this? Um, I could go both ways, really. I mean, I agree with what Patrick's saying about, you know, I thought it built character, too, but then everyone else is saying it reveals your character, but how do you get... You're just born with that character? Um, we are born with it somewhat, 
then how do you, how do, it's, I mean, by growing up, by your parents giving you things to do, by having to do stuff to be a part of the family, doesn't that give you, isn't that technically work for a three-year-old? Um, it will, but it won't change that nature. Because we're all born in sin, you know, we're born in a family that's out of control, so we're born in sin. And so what our family would do is just kind of stabilize us enough so that when we're older, we can start overcoming this stuff. But they also teach us how to take care about, like uh, Della was saying, you teach you how to work, how to provide, so you don't have to rely on someone else. They, keep, they teach you common courtesy, you know, be kind to one another, you know, be fair, be honest, but it still doesn't build that character that gives life. You see what I mean? But we do have that responsibility to do that. But if we had real love, we would do it in a way that the kids don't have to suffer as much. And so it would be easier for them to overcome as they get older, overcome that sinful nature that we're all born into. That makes sense? Yeah. Is it hard to overcome your anger? Not really. I, I, don't, I mean, you say anger comes from your parents, but I don't have any anger towards my parents. What's your anger to, is toward, is toward what? Oh, you don't? So you're, e- you're an easy-going kind of woman? Very easy. Your husband, you don't give him a battle? <laughs> right on. So Because you had good parents along the way, right? That's what it takes. But still, you get to know yourself so you can overcome whatever is there. All right? Because you do want that perfect love, and Christ wants you to have it. So just watch yourself. Get to know yourself so you can overcome that. Yes, ma'am? What about competition? I mean, you know, as they're growing up, yes. sometimes, you know, like nowadays, it's like the whole, you, you know, they're giving kids that are, you know, getting awards, coming in ninth place, you know, but competition, doesn't that build, is it, I mean, healthy competition and feeling yeah, competition. Yeah, I, I love that, that question. I, I really appreciate competition, but not in a way where it interferes with my self-esteem or anything like that. It just, there, there is a way, you know, I look at American Idol sometimes. You ever watch that? Yeah. Yeah. And I see these kids competing with one another, and then there are winners and losers, right? But it's the one that's best, one that put the effort in there, the one that really put the time in and end up winning. And, and, but if you could do that without seeing it as a, 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 an identity, you're not trying to get an identity from it. It's not who you are. You're not trying to build self-esteem from that. And so if you're not trying to get an identity from it, it's not going to hurt you to compete. But what if you earned it, you know, when you're competing? Not, not like well, you, American Idol, like let's say baseball. Like you started about baseball. Right. Tennis. I mean, and you earned that and you have that, it. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Right? Yes. You're supposed to be rewarded for hard work. Right. It's a spiritual order. It's out there. When you put out, you're going to get back what you put out. And that's a good thing. But what people are doing in these things, they're trying to get a sense of identity from it. Mm-hmm. That's why when they lose, they feel like they just want to kill themselves. You know, they, you know what I mean? Because they, they're doing it with the wrong spirit and for the wrong reason. There is a healthy way of competing and not trying to get a sense of I mean, identity. Not to kick down anybody, but just... I mean, having, having some kind of healthy com- competition is always good for, it is. for the soul, I think. I mean, 
Well, I don't know about the soul thing. About, you know, just... But I heard the term, so I know what you mean. Like but it is good to be, to compete. But just don't, like with Patrick, mm-hmm. he's trying to become this great worker, trying to get a sense of identity from it, trying to prove something about it that he thinks going to make him feel better about himself, and it never will. That's the wrong way to work. Mm-hmm. Well, when we compete, we just really competing against ourselves. To be the best. To, I mean, if you are you know, insecure, step on people and if you're you know, inc- insecure person, if right. you're not connected with perfect love, yeah. you are competing against yourself. Yeah. You're getting nowhere in life. Right. You're absolutely right. Competition is fine. So I'm telling you to live a normal life, but just don't try to get identity from the things around you and the things you do. That's not the way you should live. That makes sense. And if anybody disagrees, I want to make it clear, so please disagree so I can clear it up a little bit. Yes, Della. What kind of message do we send when we want children to be competitive and then we reward them for failure? Yeah. That's, That's crazy. It is, but, <laughs> they're doing but at they do that. young age and they uh-huh. continue doing it until they get older, and then when they do fail as, as, you know, in high yeah. school, they're devastated. That's why we have to watch over our children and not turn them over to the world so it can deceive them in that manner. Mm -hmm. They're telling kids now that there are no winners and losers. Mm -hmm. I've gone to little kid games and things. They all get reward. They get trophies even when they lose. They don't want them to feel any pain. I wouldn't let my kid be involved in something like that. We got to protect our kids from the lie because as they get older, reality is going to set in, and the reality is there are winners and losers. That's just reality. And we need to teach them that and protect them from that lie of the world. You're absolutely right. Yes, Kelly. Did you have your hand? I did. Okay. Um, what did I want to comment on? I think, oh, when you were saying it's okay to have healthy competition but not to take your sense of identity from it. Yes. Do you mean not to take credit for it? That's a good point. Um, when you're not trying to get a sense of identity from it, within yourself, you know that it's all given to you by God. Yeah. It's annoying. So you don't puff up and, you know, look how wonderful I am and yeah. get into all that. Because your identity is coming from him, and you know that through him all things are possible. Mm-hmm. And he made it happen through you. Yes, ma'am. Very, very good question. That's what I was thinking when Patrick was talking. Um, so. Yeah. Are you confused? No, I don't think so. I mean, I, I'm glad that my wife brought up the competition thing because that was a, an area of confusion for me just because there are winners and losers. <coughs> right. Just every aspect. And That's you right. You have to learn to deal with that. That's right. But I think, you know, your explanation satisfies me. The one thing I notice about uh, it, too, when you have perfect love and you are competing, if you should lose that whatever, it, it makes you better, really, because your, your self-esteem, you know, won't drop. You'll go and say, hey, next time I'll do better. You're examining yourself. I should have put more time into it. I should have done this. You, you get better from it rather than being destroyed from it. And so you don't walk away feeling like a loser. You just didn't win that, whatever it was. But because these kids are trying to get a sense of identity from it, they do want to go and commit suicide. 
if they lose, and that's wrong. That's where the problem is. I saw your hand, yes. Um, I think what you do mean by that is that love is above all things and the rest will come after. Yes. And that's how you actually build the moral character because the, if you have the love in your heart, you actually believe in anything, including working hard and then do your best and then you get rewarded, you feel all right. You have a great appreciation for but it. But it's all about, it starts with love. It starts with love. You have it. That's right. Did you know that when you have love, you, there is no thought of failure. Really, you never, you, you never, it, it does, it's not even a part of your thinking when you have perfect love. You don't even think about, can you imagine living a life never ever thinking about failure? Even when you're competing, you don't think about failure. Can you imagine living that way? I can imagine it. It's beautiful. I can honestly tell you, thank God, because it had nothing to do with me, it just he changed my heart. I never, ever, ever think about failure. It's not in me, it, it doesn't cross my mind, it just, it's not even there. And that's what perfect love does. It's the nature of God, it casts out all those things. And that's why Christ sacrificed his life so we can have a way back. So we can live of God and be that living example and be the light of the world. A person who has fear and doubt and worry, insecurity, thinking about failure, you're not the light of the world. Nobody, people don't even like those kind of people. Isn't that true? You know, like, they don't like people like that. And if we are the light of the world, we have to shine bright. And you cannot shine when you have a fear of failure or something like that. A lot of people tell me when I do those shows, they say, you know, one thing I like about you, you don't get upset. You don't have to raise your voice. And I like that about you. And that's a, an example of the light shining. And the reason I don't get upset and raise my voice and carry on because I don't feel anything about what's being said or what is happening. I'm there to put the truth out. And when they're yelling and calling me names and carrying on, it's like I'm looking at a toy or something going up and down. It's not happening to me. It's happening to them. And I can't, there's nothing in me, within me, that wants to get upset. I don't even feel that need to be upset. Isn't that amazing? It is. And Christ wants all of, all of us to have that. He really does. He made the way, but you got to get to know yourself, and you got to get over the anger. you got to stop resenting when you forgive, then God is going to forgive you, and he's going to give you the perfect love, and then you can live. You're never going to have it until you can have perfect love. It's going to build your character, and it's, going to, it's a way of living. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. Um, We've run out of time. I wanted to talk to you about shame. I noticed that for the most part, there's no shame in people anymore. They lie, steal, cheat. Uh, Christian parents allow their sons and daughters to live in their homes. They're not married. You know, young girls are going to high school now, pregnant. And there's no shame about this. And we need to have some shame about this stuff. Uh, young kids don't respect the elderly anymore. Have you noticed that or is it just me? Yeah, come and read something for me real fast about that. 
I'm glad you dressed for it today. I did you knew you had I to read. Put on my jacket just in case. <laughs> <laughs> I want to read something. How much time we have? Five minutes. Oh, okay. This is out of. <clears throat> uh, Actually, four minutes. Oh, okay. Read here about. This is out of Ecclesiastes. Am I saying it right? This is uh, chapter 41, verse, uh, what's that, 11? Uh, let me put my, you just as blind as I am. I you don't know. Know. I'm supposed to read it. <laughs> oh, 14 through 27. Stop right there, okay? Okay. <clears throat> Sense of shame. Keep my instructions and be at peace, my children. Wisdom, hidden away and treasure undisplayed, what use is either of these? Better someone who hides his folly than one who hides his wisdom. Preserve a sense of shame in the following matters, for not every kind of shame is right to harbor, nor is every situation correctly appraised by all. Be ashamed before father and mother of depraved behavior, and before prince or potentate of telling lies of wrongdoing before judge or magistrate, and of impiety before the assembly of the people, of sharp practice before your companion and your friend, and of theft before the neighborhood you live in. Before the truth and covenant of God, be ashamed of leaning elbows on the table, of being ungracious when giving or receiving, of ignoring those who greet you, of gazing at a loose woman, of repulsing your fellow countrymen, of misappropriating another's portion or gift, of paying court to another man's wife, of making advances to his servant girl, do not go near her bed, of saying disagreeable things to friends, do not follow up a gift with a taunt, of repeating everything you hear, and of betraying confidences. Then you will know what true shame is, and you will find yourself in everyone's graces. Thank you, buddy. We're losing that. There's no shame. People are just doing whatever they want now. Now, I expect the world to do it because they're of their father, the devil, but Christians are not supposed to be acting this way. And they go to church and act like holy. You're turning your kids away. I mean, we got to bring shame back into life again. And it's up to us to point this stuff out when we see it. And if people don't like you for it, forgive them. But tell the truth about it anyway. We'll give it, this is why we're losing our country, we're losing our families, we're losing relationship with one another, blacks and whites are not together. I mean, because we, the shame of everything is gone. We don't put the truth on stuff. Truth can only, truth changes things. When I was growing up, it wasn't even in my thought to do certain things in front of my parents or my grandparents. My grandmother would have slapped me into another reality <laughs> had I cursed her out or, or did certain things. That, it just wasn't there. And now it's everywhere. And it's more so with Christians than it is with the non-Christian people. We got to put shame. We got to, I don't know. We have to do it, folks. This is a spiritual battle between good and evil. This is not a game that we are playing. Satan made a promise that he is going to uh, uh, deceive every man, woman, and child. And he's doing it. Well, not with everyone yet, but he's doing it. 
And it doesn't have to happen that way because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I'm telling you this. But if you don't have love, you don't have that greater than working through you. You need love. So drop your anger, forgive, so you can have love. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call one 800 411 bond you